Welcome to Backseat Confessions Podcast. Slide into the backseat as we listen to mostly anonymous strangers tell us stories from their lives. I'm a rideshare driver in Atlanta, and the people getting in my car have absolutely no idea I'm going to ask them to share. My commitment to you is to tell at least a snippet of virtually every story recorded in my car in the order they were told to me. My hope is that you laugh, cringe, cry, but mostly connect to these amazing people. You may find a piece of your own story or just feel more connected to the rest of us. Join us, won't you? So, hey, my new friend, this is an adult podcast. Themes and languages are definitely not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Well, I'm so excited that the time is finally here to launch the first season of Backseat Confessions Podcast. So with no further fanfare, let's do this. I love that the first story ever shared in this podcast involves the kindness of a stranger. Sometimes doctors get a reputation for being a bit cold and even ruthless. So this is a nice reminder that there are good people everywhere. Story number one. Friday, October 16th, 2020, 4.18 p.m. So, uh, a couple years ago, I had fallen down and broke my wrist, my left wrist, and I ended up getting a cast on shortly thereafter when um, my the owner of my restaurant ended up giving me money for the cast because I didn't have the money. Right. While I was couple months had gone by the whole summer was kind of ruined um i'd already had a lot going on my plate because one of my twin sisters was in jail for 10 months and you tell me you're a triplet by the way i am yeah so this is just one of my identical (laughs) twins and then i have a fraternal oh wow so you know that bond right there was already it was so hard to even just kind of get by because she was just you know in jail that you know and then i had broken my wrist and she was the nurse in the family got this cast on that my boss had given me the money um worked about three months with this cast on full time just learning how to balance and getting my boyfriend to braid my hair and just pretty much showering me. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you don't think that you need it. It's my left wrist. Um, but what do you do for, what did you do for a living? I was working, I'm working at a restaurant in Atlanta, um, and called and so, um, after the day before I got my cast off, I had one of my regulars, um, tell me, give me his business card and said, Listen, uh, if your if your wrist isn't healed, I'd love to see you um, for an appointment. It's uh, something new that I'm starting. I think you should be the first candidate ever. Whoa! So as I am, uh, 
going to get my wrist my cast off, I find out that, yep, my wrist is still broken. Ooh. So all that time. Whoa. And, and it's, 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 it's broken. Ugh. So I'm thinking, I don't have health insurance. I don't know what to do. You know what? Why don't I just call this doctor? Yeah. Um, go to uh, uh, the doctor's office, Dr. Houston Payne from Hand, Shoulder, and Elbow of Elena. And walk into the office kind of screaming, I don't have money. I don't know what to do. And realize that he'd actually picked me as the first candidate to do this uh, project called Hand to Hand Project. Whereas um, he would give me a free surgery Whoa. with everything included. Whoa. And it took, um, it was going to be about three and a half, four, four more months till the surgery date. So it was either go ahead and try to find, get the surgery done now or wait that three and a half, four months, which I did. Um, three, four months go by. I go to the doctor. I'm expecting to see some kind of bill, you know, um, at least from the anesthesiologist. But the reason it had taken so long is, again, I was their first candidate. It was the first time they'd ever done this. And um, I got my surgery that day. 100% free, along with a bone healing exogen machine. What? Um, yeah, and it just, you know, it really just, I, I, I just love the guy so much because there's not a lot of doctors out there that just do this out of the kindness of their heart. And it yeah. wasn't just me that day, too. After I said yes, he collected nine more people, so ten people and wow. all at the surgery. Um, and I got, you know, th- the, the free bone healing machine when that's just a couple thousands right there with insurance um and so now i i try to volunteer every year and even if it's directing traffic you know (laughs) just at the stations but now it's like around the u.s and i'm part of a video and oh my god i'm pretty sure it's just because i just he could always hear me coming in to the doctors because i would just be crying (laughs) down the hallways just so thankful for him yeah um you know, but it was during that time with my sister being in jail and me going through those emotions and then just realizing that, you know, not a, there's a lot more positive in the world than you really think. And I don't think I'm one to get a blessing, but he sure, sure as hell, he gave me one. That's amazing. That is amazing. You can barely hear it in the audio, but there is a point towards the end where this young lady started to just get choked up with gratitude for this kind doctor who rescued her from feeling pretty overwhelmed and and hopeless. Not all of us can make grand gestures of of this magnitude, of course, but bless all the people that see folks who are genuinely in need and just do what they can. Our next guy isn't the hero of his early story, but ends up in the right place, I think. Shots fired! Shots fired! Story number two, Friday, October 16, 2020, 6.01 p.m. My early life childhood. Yeah. You know, like, I went down the wrong path, you know. It was a whole lot, like, I ain't gonna disrespect my mom. Like, most dudes be like, oh, you know, I had, you know, I had this rough growing up. You know, I ain't had this and that and that and that. Everybody go through their little struggles in life, but, you know, my whole thing was my mom provide my mom and my pops provided everything I needed. I most so got into the street life because 
I wanted the stuff that I wanted. As far as like I'm saying, my, my friends, my homies and stuff. Yep. You know, they getting new shoes, new clothes almost every week. Right. You know, and I'm having to wait on my mom and my dad. You know, once they finish their bills and all the other stuff, you know, then you know if they, if they can, hey, I get it. But you know, I just got tired of waiting around for them, and I'm you no know, linked with my buddies, and I got into the street life for selling drugs, robberies, yep. breaking in cars, breaking in houses. You were you were a regular thug. Oh, I ain't gonna, <laughs> not at first, not at first, cause right, right. we could like we can we could pull up the grades, and I'll show you I made A's and B's. You were a smart, educated thug. <laughs> so, you know, I, love it. I ain't going to say it. First, you know, if, you know, it was just, I got I got intrigued. I was curious about how they were getting their stuff in. Oh, you yeah. You know, my friend turned me on. Boom. From there, it just went left because I'm out there every day. I done started missing school now. The grades failing. And, you know, then came across the path where it was like, hey, me and a buddy of mine got to arguing over some money. Cause it was a it was a drug transaction, yep. and you know he knew the dude was my play. Yep. And you know he was coming to buy his own. If you know what his own is, that's you know. Yep, that's your other gear territory. Yeah. So, boom, he come through and he's serving. I'm like, hey, hold up, time out. You know, he go to dope right here. Let me get my money, cause I really needed it. So it was like he like now nah, you know, dope sold money for yada yada yada. You know, so we going back and forth, back and forth over this little incident. Ain't you no, know, he I let him go to his car. And when he came back from the car, he, I ain't know he was pump faking, you know, because he had a hand behind the back. So, you know, boom. So, you know, I had, uh, I emptied the whole clip. I hit him like five times. Damn. Ain't no boom. So, you know, from there, I just took everything. That's how, you know, it was at 15. Wow. So, I ended up going to juvenile. From juvenile, I went to, uh, they charged me as an adult. So, I had to sit there until I turned 17. From 17, you know, I stayed in prison to 23. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow. But now you're, you've been at the same job for seven years. Uh, eight. Eight years. Eight. Productive member of society, doing well for yourself, and you're actually looking at uh, another job that will be promotion, more money. So you totally, like, uh, you didn't let that early childhood stuff, like, pull you down. It really was a learning experience. Like, I, I'm saying, don't get me wrong, like, I ain't saying... Everybody need to experience it, but you right. know, you gotta go through some hardship in life to wake up. Yep. Yep. And you know, that was just my wake up call as far as like, hey, you wanna continue doing this, going to prison? Yeah. Or do you wanna just, you know, I prefer to be out here with the with the females. <laughs> <laughs> I am so with you. By the way, was there a moment in prison or after that you made that switch of like, man, I wanna be out here with the ladies, I don't wanna be inside with a bunch of smelly dudes? I'ma say when I had my first child. When I had my first child, it was like Yeah. Okay, hold on. Being a dad. Cause oh, even when I got yeah. out, I had done start back, you know, dealing a little bit, but I was still working at the same time. But it was just like when I had my first child, it was like, hold up, wait. Yep. You know, it ain't like I'm hurting because I'm making good money, you feel me? And mm-hmm. it's just like, I was just doing that because that's, that's like, that's, I ain't going to say first nature, but yep. that was first nature. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I knew. Exactly. So, I, you know, you're going to go back to what you know. That's right, yeah. And that's what I did, but I also kept my job because when I was in the halfway house, I had they had gave me a job, and I kept it when I got out. But it was like, uh, I know I can go do this and make damn near half my paycheck real quick. Yep. Or uh, I could I could continue doing this and you know make ends meet and yep. that's what I was doing at first. But then when I had my first little girl, it was just like, yeah, uh, this ain't yep. it no more. Let me just uh, call it a quits on this and just <laughs> you know 
continue yep. to work. And that's what I did. I love it. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Uh, there's nothing better than being a good dad, man. It's like, it's like one of the most rewarding things that you can ever do in life. True that. True that. Right? Facts, though. Them yeah. Facts. Yeah. Well, those are some good reasons to stay out of jail. Namely, the ladies, of course, and being a dad. I'm always a sucker for a turnaround story. And going from a guy who emptied his gun into another dude to a stand-up guy that loves his kiddos and is a productive member of society, that's pretty great. This next story could be titled, Stupid Things Drunk Dudes Do on College Spring Break. Hmm, I've always wondered what fire extinguisher powder tastes like. Story number three. Saturday, October 17, 2020, 1.36 a.m. All right, so I was in Cancun for my senior spring break this right. past March. College. I college, yes, right, college yes. spring break. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID. The, actually, the first the first, the first week thing. of March, so <laughs> right, right at the end of normalcy, and we were at a club in Cancun. It was kind of crazy. It was about four in the morning, and um, some idiot kid grabbed the fire extinguisher off of the wall and decided to spray it all in all of our faces, all over the place. Oh um, I thought I got poisoned. I'm not kidding because oh. it was smoke everywhere. Nobody, you couldn't see anything. Every people were falling to the ground. Honestly, I, I genuinely thought I was getting poisoned. Like it went straight into my lungs, right into my face. Oh I was covered God. head to toe in that white whatever comes out Outer, of a fire yeah. extinguisher. And um, I turn around. I got picked up by two of my friends that were guys, literally oh. physically picked up and carried out of the club. And I turn back and look, and the entire security of the club was chasing after a guy <laughs> in Spanish. They were screaming at him. He had no idea what he was like, what anybody was saying. It was insanity. But um, we ended up, well, me and two other people that were the only people that spoke Spanish ended up talking him out of going to jail because oh that was God. the only thing that was right yeah you know, no that's that's the next thing that was gonna happen yeah, to him. It, he was and going you to guys jail saved him and you didn't even know him um he was like a friend of a friend that just oh. decided to be stupid that Idiot. night and oh um spray a fire extinguisher they had to evacuate the club like it it ended up being oh a disaster of a God. night because it, it that i don't know if, if anybody has ever experienced what the inside of a fire extinguisher feels oh, like when you breathe it in no you feel like you're getting poisoned like wow. i'm not even kidding it's it's the worst feeling in the world when you're covered head to toe in this so oh my god it was a great way to end spring break <laughs> right. um and then welcome to covid that was it welcome to covid <laughs> so after that i really feel like everything went downhill but... that's right all because of this kid yeah exactly He's... i blame it on him yeah. for sure it was totally his fault <laughs> for sure Man, that guy almost going to jail in Mexico freaks me out. I know how bad it can be here in the U.S., so I don't even want to think about what that would have been like for him. Thank God our writer was able to keep this as a great story for him, rather than something potentially a little less fun. My next writer faces some pretty strong obstacles of her own but she has a fighting spirit and she spends some time literally being radioactive. Makes me think of that song. <clears throat> radioactive. Anyways. Story number four, Saturday, October 17, 2020, 2.35 AM. 
So I'm a 28-year-old single female in Atlanta. Yeah. But I actually got diagnosed with thyroid cancer at 26 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was sucky. That's horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. It was a really shitty feeling. Um, I had a nodule in my neck when I was 24. Wow. Okay. Um, I knew for about two years that I had a nodule in my neck and no one said anything. Um, and then I went to my OBGYN for my yearly checkup, which is why I'm so prominent about get your, your yearly checkup. And yeah. she said to me, she's like, you have a very prominent nodule in your neck. Like you should get this biopsied. Yeah. And here I am. I'm like, oh, oh okay. If you said so, sure. That's a problem. Yeah. I should probably do that. And I went and I went for about three or I think it was like four biopsies done. Yeah. And each time they said it was kind of normal, kind of. normal being the keyword kind Uh of um and then finally my last one it was abnormal and they said my cells were completely abnormal and they think that i should remove it wow um so i was 26 and my doctor said we need to have a surgery for it to get a partial thyroidectomy done and i went in for the partial thyroidectomy and she called me four days later and told me it was covered in cancer whoa yeah it was it was a very shocking feeling you know to hear the word cancer especially at 26 at 26 i I was 26 and i hadn't like here's the thing too like at at no point did anyone tell me that my nodule would be cancerous like everyone said like oh it's fine no big deal it's fine yeah so to hear it was cancerous it was covered in cancer it was just like a mind-blowing thing yeah at 26 and my surgeon called me and she's like, I need to bring you in immediately to get it removed. Like you have cancer in your body. That's wow. it. Like you need to get it removed. Yeah. And here I am. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, sure. Like, let's do it immediately. Let's do it next. And it was yeah. four days later. I was on an open wound, which I had a, so I had a partial thyroidectomy okay. and then it was my next surgery, which was like about eight days later Yeah. on an open wound. Oh, so um, it hurt a lot. It was really, really painful. Um, and they removed the cancer and they removed a few lymph nodes that had cancer in it. Wow. Um, and then I had to get radiation treatment about three months later. Wow. And the radiation was not fun. No. <laughs> I had about, so my radiation was actually called radioiodine, okay. which is internally radiation got it okay um so instead of like radiation typically is like external Mm -hmm. so you get it externally on your skin and you get a rash but when you get thyroid cancer it's internal radiation so you get radioactive internally (laughs) so basically i couldn't be around people i was i was basically cool before 2020 happened i i did the isolation before anyone else did you were leading the way yeah i did it i totally did it i did isolation for 10 days um i was radioactive for 10 days and i was throwing up for about five days from the radiation um it sucked. I was really, I was in a lot of pain for the last, like, you know, the 10 days of the radiation. Yeah. And here I was at 26. Oh my gosh. And it's probably a good thing. Your heritage is Cuban Italian. Like what a tough Yeah. Mix, I right? was a tough little cookie. I'm no not going to lie. I think that my, my heritage and my, my family kind of told yeah. me to like, 
you know, you deal with it and you handle it. And I, I handle it. Like, you know, you have shots beforehand. You have a, a treatment. You have, like, a diet beforehand. Yep. Um, I had, like, a 20-day diet of an, a low iodine diet, which meant I was basically, I was basically like, vegan. Wow. <laughs> and here I am, like, Italian-Cuban. I was like, right. I love meat. I love cheese. <laughs> I and love people pasta. are like, you can't do that. Like, oh. you have to have, like, a vegan diet. Um, wow. So I did that for about 25 days. Yeah. Um, and then I had shots for about a week before my actual radiation treatment. Yeah. And I had to be alone because I was radioactive. So right. anyone who was around me was susceptible to being radioactive. That's crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. Like, my family couldn't be around me. My friends couldn't be around me. Like, I was in danger of putting them in danger. Ugh. So that was crazy to think about. Like, here yeah, I am at 26. I have cancer. And someone's like, oh, by the way, if you have anyone near you, like, you're going to get them sick. And I was like, So, so cool. you were literally forced to be alone. Yeah. I was forced mm. to be alone for 10 days. Um, and it's, uh, it sucked. Like, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It That's really horrible. did suck. Like, for the first four days, I was vomiting for probably from like 10 a.m. to like 1 p.m. I was vomiting yeah. every single day. Wow. And that's kind of normal for thyroid cancer patients. Yeah. Like if you have radiation treatment, like you, you get very nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was vomiting for about six days. Yeah. And then I finally felt kind of normal after the sixth day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a, a puzzle. <laughs> and I did a puzzle in my apartment and... I just remember thinking, like, I just want cheese. I just want cake. Like, yes. I just want fucking cookies. Yes. And my mom, the saint that she is, she was like, I'm going to fucking send you a care package. Like, oh, you're man. off your treatment. Like, you can do this. So yeah. I just, like, stuffed my face with, like, chocolate chip cookies and, like, cheesecake. <laughs> like, New York mozzarella and all this mozzarella. stuff. Yeah. So, but you, and you look like you're doing so good now. So, like, but yeah. I don't want to assume. But, like, yeah. okay. So are you doing well now? I am. I am okay. about a year clear now okay. of cancer. Okay. Um, so I still am dealing with. I love that she's a fighter and grateful that the cancer was found and removed so she could go on with her life. I hope she's able to live a long and healthy life. The next story has stayed with me in a way that honestly few have. This man's powerful tale of loss just resonates so deeply with me. Story number five. Saturday, October 17, 2020, 10.48 p.m. My story today is ironic. It's ironic that you even asked me this today. (laughs) Because today is actually the anniversary or today's actually the birthday of my son that died. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, very, very, it's, this is so ironic. Um, so I would say roughly around, well, 14 years ago. Yeah, roughly around 14 years ago, my my wife, um, while being pregnant, I mean, well, you know, T, <laughs> you know, while, while being pregnant, um, came down with something that they describe, or a condition rather, that they describe as um, preeclampsia. Yep. Right? Well, she was preeclamptic or whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
And um, during that time, you know, of course, it's, you know, based on our blood pressure and how our body is reacting to the baby and this, that, and the third, high risk, going through a lot. Um, you know, she, she, of course, had the baby because, you know, afterwards, he, you know, he, she wasn't a stillborn or anything like that. We, we had a baby. He was, he was a preemie, small. He was in the hospital for a couple months, wow. you know, for a couple months, going through it, going through it. Um, finally, you know, at the hospital, you know, after they doing a couple treatment, they tried, and they, I guess it was an experimental drug because there was, I mean, at that time we were told that there was no option or whatnot. So, you know, we, we gave we gave consent for them to try this um, this drug. I'm I, up to this day, I don't remember the name of it. Right. I don't know, you know, I don't know if there's any responsibility cast or anything like that. Yeah. I just know that this this situation served as you know, um, for for good, for good and bad purposes in my life because you know I, I it helps it helps you know it hurts but it helps. Yeah. What happened was um, the, the the scary moment the scary moment out of this was right before that what was actually the moment when he actually died in my wife's arms. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it was somewhat prepared. It was somewhat prepared because it was like, look, this is you know, he was in, on tubes and such and such, but it wasn't sure whether it was going to be right away or. But it was told to us that, you know, it's potential that he could just go. You know what I mean? Wow. And during the last moments, you know what I mean? She had him cradled. My arm, my my arm was under her arms, so he basically died in 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 both our arms, right? Wow. Uh, the, the reason why I said there's positive in this is because, you know, when we were going to the hospital, you know, during our visits, every day we would visit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, unless something, of course, but I know my wife definitely was there every day, yeah. you know what I mean? And every day when we were visit, there were times when, when the nurses and even the doctor, because, you know, they, they got him on the, 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 the um, they're reading the scan, the charts and everything, and on the machines and all of that. So based on the machines, they can tell basically if you may be going through pain at the moment, right? Because of your heart rate, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, re the reaction mm -hmm. from the, what, e not the EKG or whatever, you know what I mean? The, uh, yeah, all the vital signs. Yeah. Vi right, the, through the vital signs, they could, they could, you know, make an assumption yeah. that you're going through pain. Yeah. But when we visit, when we went to visit, his name was Jasiri. Jasiri. Yeah. When, what does that when, mean? Jasiri means fearless. His name is actually because all, well, not all my three three sons, Jasiri, Karu, and Tamir, they're all they all hyphenated with Malik. So it's all you know, and it's like African Arabic, so it's read backwards. So it's like king. Malik means king. And Jasiri means fearless. So it's like king that should be fearless. Oh, that's amazing. Because even when he was born, he didn't, he didn't, I didn't have his name chosen as yet. Yeah. It was, I basically named my children off the characteristics that I see. Wow. And despite what he was going through, I figured, you know what I'm saying, that's the name I found that yeah. was fitting wow. for him. You know what I'm saying? Even my son, Karu, his name is, his name means um, king that shall be benevolent. Mm. And he truly is that, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so I actually believe that, you know, based yep. on you know, going off the tangent of the name, yep. I actually believe that you, that's how important your name is. I believe that because too. you know that's something somebody's calling you every single yes. day. You know I what I'm love saying? That. So those characteristics will show. But upon visiting Jasiri, you know Jasiri Malik, 
you know, there were times where the nurses would express that, you know, they could tell that he was in pain, but when we went to visit and we were right over, say, even the, the, the incubator, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I, they would they would say, wow, it's amazing that he would smile. Aww. When, you know, when, and I would say, you know, it's, it's when his mom came to visit, you yeah, know what I'm saying, yeah. and whatnot, that he would, he would smile, and they would be surprised because they would look at the charts, and I'm like, and they would, they would say, based on the the charts or the machines like he should be in pain right now yeah you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. yes. so i always remember that because it's almost like he came to serve an example mm. of what you should be while going through trials sometimes Ooh. You, you see what i'm saying when when he actually died when he actually died it, it was unbelievable you know what i'm saying it was unbelievable whereas when it's almost like whenever I close my eyes, whenever I close my eyes, I would see a lot of wrongdoing that I, I either ensued or was a part of. Yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it it was it was as if it was as if it it was as in that moment it was as if something like something went in me and was just pulling basically like my organs out of me i don't know how to describe it i just remember like rolling on the wall and the, you know hearing the nurses say like no don't worry about mom like get dad you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying because it's like i it, you know what i'm saying it's like i couldn't i couldn't really fathom that i would be going through that but you know as the years pass and i remember him smiling through trial sometimes it helps me through trial sometimes you know what I'm saying? And it gives me a greater appreciation for the children. Since then, the doctor said that the chances of it happening again were very likely. Oh, wow. But we've had two children, a, a boy and a girl since then, very healthy, very beautiful children. Oh, beautiful. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it made me even more appreciative of even my wife. Wow. Because I can't. As a man, I can't imagine nope. pushing out a life for that life to be passed on in my arms. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And half and half of even the mental turmoil initially for me is wondering how that would feel. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think part of me feeling like something is pulling in is, is me trying to empathize with what I would think how she feels. That's amazing. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate this moment to even be able to express this today because, you know what I'm saying? It, it Like I said, it, it's it's hurt, yeah. but a lot of it brings, you know, because it brings a greater appreciation for life. Absolutely. And I think uh, what an amazing way to honor Jasiri Malik uh, in, in saying, hey, this this little little man changed you for the better in his short little life. That's kind of incredible. Word. Wow. Wow. Thank you so so much for your story, my man. That's incredible. No doubt. No doubt. I appreciate you for giving me the moment to let it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. To let that light shine. That's an honor. Personally, for me as a father who has lost a son. And I also feel like my son continues to inspire me to be a better man. I just feel this guy's story in my bones. Crazy to think how his boy's short little life 
would have such a lasting ripple effect. I wonder if we could all learn from Jasiri Malik to be a little more brave. Maybe we also can learn how our life, no matter how small we may think we are, how our life can change and inspire those around us. This is what happens when you are a rideshare driver in Atlanta and ask people for their stories. These weren't handpicked people with great stories. They just happened to get in my car and be gracious enough to share with all of us. And who knows, maybe someday you'll be in Atlanta and need to grab a rideshare and end up telling the rest of us the next great story on BCP. I'd actually encourage you to, every so often, just ask a stranger to share a story from their life. You never know what you might learn. I believe that our stories are powerful. They can make you laugh, cringe, cry, or even get you to think or feel differently. Our stories can truly make this world a little bit better place. So please, Subscribe, rate, and listen to this podcast and share it with as many adults as possible. It would mean so, so much to me. First and foremost, I want to thank the incredible writers who trusted me with your stories. You're my heroes. Thanks also to all the people in the background who have believed in this project slash dream. All of the music on this podcast was found on pixabay.com and it was free, which is an amazing gift when you're starting a podcast on a shoestring budget. <laughs>